Welcome back to the Grown Otaku Council Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ace. And I'm your host, McMillian. And welcome back for another week of anime and manga. Maybe with a minus a little manga this week. <laughs> but we are back with episode 27. And as always, you would like to become a council member and join me and, me and McMillian every week as we discuss all things anime and sometimes manga. Then make sure you hit that like and subscribe button as well as follow us on our social media so you can stay up to date on all things about the council. And with that being said, the council is now in session. Let, Let the, the meeting begin. begin. And he's still doing it, everybody. He's still hey, goddamn like, doing it. Hey, like I said last episode, need to sync the audio. Hey, gotta he's have still a, doing gotta it. Gotta have a timetable <laughs> where we both say something. <laughs> he's still doing it. All right. Uh, so, once again, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you guys had a good week. You already know how this is going to go. We're going to start us off with some council announcements here. And going to start off with um, just reminding everybody that our last special, the Netflix um, movie the bubble anime is our review of that movie is out now on all of our little nice little platforms if you have not yet had a chance to go check that out please do so as well as speaking of netflix anime um next week we will not be doing a regular episode mcmillian will be on travel so next week's episode will be a special episode we'll we'll where we will be doing a series review of the netflix anime vampires in the garden by wit studio um, I guess McMillian, a little preview here. How do you feel about the anime? Just give the, <laughs> the, the people a small little taste. A small little taste. Uh it looks good. Uh good soundtrack. Story wise, I think it's okay. Um <laughs> and we'll get deeper into that later. <laughs> I was still in McMillian that at least that I could follow along with what the story what the anime was trying to tell me yeah. and story wise, unlike Bubble. Um, so I, at least I had that, had that going for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! But uh, moving off from there, our next um, announcement we have for, for today. I just want to remind everybody that our Grown Otaku Council Facebook page is now up and running. So if you have a Facebook page and would like to follow us on there, please do so. You can find us on Facebook at Grown Otaku Council. That is mm-hmm. the name, if I'm not mistaken. That's what it should be. I don't think it will be anything else. And then our last little piece of council announcement here for today, our only piece of anime news we have here for today, um, Orient Part 2 is currently scheduled for July 2022. That's the summer of 2022, everybody, if you didn't know. Um, Orient is basically an anime where um, demons have taken over the Earth, and all the humans are now to believe that the Onis, if you will, are their one true gods, and Uh that they're supposed to always praise them. And they basically all the humans have been brainwashed on this world. But there's there's this one group of humans called the um, Bushis that live their life fighting the Onis to restore peace because why not? You know, this we can't let the Onis rule us forever. So that's basically what the anime is about. We follow our protagonist that I can't remember the name of his name right now, but we follow the protagonist where he leaves um, his little town that he's been to his his whole life. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but he leaves us down that he's been in his whole life to go become a Bushi. And we just basically just follow along with the the adventures of him and his friend as they become Bushis and go slay Simone. It's not bad. Um, it's also, it's not life changing at the same time though, but it, but it's not bad. Um, and, um, your thoughts on Orient so far, McMillian? Uh, the little I've seen of it, I think it's, what, what did I say? Um, 
run of the mill kind of not bad <laughs> not that that's bad it's just you kind of know what you're getting with it which is yeah. interesting because this is also coming from the person who made magi so i thought it was gonna is be a, yeah same creator and so i thought it would be a little bit more fantastical but uh this is i'm it. ashamed of him now <laughs> well not, okay well I'll, I'll at least say this the first half of the first season at least was like you said i was expecting more but when they got towards the later half of the first season, you did get more of that, I guess, you know, magical feeling from the anime. So, I mean, I guess in that sense, he probably just took him a little bit longer, you know, ramp up I mean, with this I, one. I mean, it's very possible. I just think it's kind of a shame because Magi started off, not to like dwell on it, but Magi started off like so like, I am oh, intrigued. No, Magi started off swinging. Yeah, I am, I am intrigued. <laughs> I am, I am, I, I like, the, like Magi's world. And story grabbed you by the throat, and it was like, "Come in." It, it, it did. It did. And that's why when you brought it up, that this was the same for creator from Maga. I was like, "Wait a minute, huh?" Like this yeah, can't so, be. So Orient, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Yeah, and Orient <laughs> and Orient doesn't start off as unique or like it doesn't in my in my opinion doesn't like grab you as hard or make you as interested in this world. It's very like no. These are the things. That's it. <laughs> Here's now, what's going on. Now, granted, do it, with the information what you will. Now, granted, I'm not. You finished the first season or first core. Yes, I finished uh, first core. So I, I, you, there might be more, but as far as I know, like for me, it's get it's. I'm having a hard time get sinking my teeth into it. I feel you. Um, yeah, no, it, it definitely ramps up in that second half of the first core. If you will, where I can start seeing, I was like, okay, I could, and it's and like, if it's gonna be more of this, I could, I could, you know, deal with it and you know, give it a watch. And I mean, uh, from what I hear, I believe it's still, it's not like the most popular series, but it's not bad because people are still like, re- like bu- buying, it gets bought, it's selling. It, I don't, it's not, I don't yeah. think it's like topping any charts, but it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not horrible. It's just you know, you know, average. Like you know, like you said, you know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all right, um, that is all the council announcements that we have here for today. So just another quick reminder that next episode, episode 28, will not be releasing next week. It will be delayed with a special episode due to um, travel. And as you all know, that when we skip a, a weekly episode, that the next um, regular episode will be doubling up on our show. So next episode, episode 28, we'll be discussing episode eight and nine of our respective spring animes mm-hmm. so just be on the lookout for that and we're gonna go ahead and get started today with our show and we're gonna keep our same lineup that we had last week we're gonna start us off with spy family or as i like to call it anju gets reincarnated as an assassin who's also a wife and we're gonna let mcmillian here go ahead and run us down through the summary okay uh it, this is basically the first first day of school uh, for Anya, because technically last one was orientation. So, um, we basically just recatch up with the fact that Anya is punched Damien, and how the hell does she plan to solve that issue? Um, and antics basically arise because the whole day she's trying to muster up the courage to do it, but her best friend Becky is constantly telling her, no, it's not worth it. That guy's a piece of shit. A whole and bunch I would of just stuff. like to say you do have a good memory because that that young lady name is, is Becky. So Becky. good job on that. <laughs> good job on that. Is indeed Becky. <laughs> um, but basically, like the whole while throughout the day, she, uh, she's trying to muster up the courage to apologize her to her, and Becky just stops her. Um, halfway through the episode, though, uh, we see that Lloyd. Well, actually, not even halfway. I think it's like almost immediately after the first apology doesn't happen. Uh, we see that Lloyd 
uh, being who was like, I, I, you know, I'm gonna let go of this, is following her around the school trying to get her to apologize. Uh, and in hilarious fashion, he's like impersonating uh, faculty members, staff, to just basically like send Anya signals to be like, hey, apologizing now would be really good. No? Okay. Next. Apologizing here would be really nice, you know? Say sorry. Putting sorry in her food. <laughs> the word sorry spelled out in her food. Stuff like that. And uh, Lloyd at every turn distorted because Becky the whole time is just <laughs> telling her not to do it. Yeah, one of the wildest parts of that with Lloyd, I don't know, Lloyd works fast. This man got changed up the words in Anya's textbook to be like, apologizing yeah, is good. Mm-hmm. Apologizing <laughs> just is good. Like, how did you get that out there so fast? Yeah, like, when the hell did you have time to get into a, <laughs> a book? But, hey, life of a spy. So, um, due to that, uh, Lloyd and then infiltrates what I'm assuming is maybe one of the announcement rooms or something like that, and announces over the speaker that Becky has to report to a certain hall, uh, and that way she uh, leaves Anya alone, and which gives Anya the chance to apologize. And when she does finally get that chance, unfortunately, she well, fortunately and unfortunately, she starts bawling up and swelling up with tears due to, I think, the anxiety as well as the fact that Damien's uh, friends are insulting her the whole time, like, in their heads. And since Anya's a telepath, she can hear all that. So, so for her, it was probably, like, a, just, like, I don't want to do this and, like, these people are being mean to me type of situation. But to Damien, he uh, thought it was just, like, so endearing. And it seems like uh, our little uh, Damien is crushing on Anya. Now, or that's what it seems, uh, and only Lord only knows how that's gonna uh turn out because <laughs> you would think that he would have accepted the apology, but due to his pride and I guess his embarrassment, he could not allow it, so he ran away screaming, He'll never forgive Anya. Um, to Lloyd's dismay because he was just like, Oh no, my plan, it, it's all riding on the Imperial Scholar thing. So, we then, uh, after that scene. Uh, fast forwarded to like the forger's house to where Anya is being forced to study by Lloyd over and over again to the point where she's uh, she just like is I'm done with it I quit and runs it locks herself in her room and Lloyd and Yor just have a conversation on basically like should we re- should Lloyd really be pushing Anya this far to do it like while it's needed for his mission Yor brings up like well I mean granted Yor doesn't know it's the mission but uh. <laughs> Yor brings up the fact that, like, is this something that Anya wants to be an Imperial Scholar? Like, does it have to happen immediately? And Lloyd's like, you know what, you're right. And in his head, he's thinking, I've let my mission consume, like, how I take care of her. And I also, part of my mission is being a good father to her. So he's like, yeah. it does, and he's like, a good part of a, a part of a being a good spy is actually being able to wait and hold on and, like, uh, hold on and stalk your target and all this other stuff. So I really shouldn't be rushing her that much either. He's like, I just let my anxiousness get the better of me. Which is really cool to see in a character that's like, I who started the series of five episodes ago, like, I don't want a goddamn kid. Who did, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but now he's sitting here trying his best to be the best dad, dad he can be. Can, yeah. which, is, which is nice, because like you said, we, we're finally starting to see Lloyd take up that other side of like, yes, I this I actually have to be a better dad yeah. to Anya and not just basically be a spa dad, if you will. Yeah. Uh so it's just good to see that. And we end the episode 
basically on Lloyd uh tucking well tucking Anya in after seeing the fact that while she was in here locked herself in her room she was still she still knew about she you know we know that she knows that there's a mission to be done and she still wanted to help her dad best he she could so she actually locked herself in the room and studied by herself uh yeah. and that was the quote-unquote end of the episode but if you stayed for the after credits we finally get to meet yours brother uh the uncle of this family <laughs> And who, lo and behold, did not find out that his sister was married until a co-worker told him. Told him. Uh, the guy who was dating that evil woman from your from the party. Not the evil woman. That's as much that. She tried to throw a whole casserole <laughs> fresh out the oven onto yours face. I, that, that's pretty evil. And and the only reason she, did it, she was trying to do it, too, is because your was slightly upstaging her, which is crazy. So, evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap um another thing we also got from that small scene where your and lloyd was talking to each other we also saw your or lloyd basically telling your to accept the role of being oh yes, more. You. you know you're a part of this family now and that you don't have to always feel like when you're buttoned in that you button in into strangers in the, into the lives of strangers because you know you're part of the family now and stuff like that so that was also nice yeah that was see. also nice because especially coupled with what like happened last episode where anya like fully acknowledged well I mean, she's always kind of saw your as a mom, but it was, I felt like mm-hmm. it was magnified for her last episode, considering yeah, when, like all the when, stuff uh, that happened. Your saved her and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I definitely agree with you on that. And then also, back to the, um, before we go to off, you know, bit here, um, back in the early episode, we got hints to Damien liking Anya when they was, fr- they, when they was in their first class. And Damien was talking to himself, you know, his head having a monologue, like, you know, how could she hit me? I'm from I'm from a prestigious family. I never dealt with anything like this before. You know, the most the most the only person who's she's, ever hit me before is my older brother. She's so different. <laughs> why why don't I hate her? <laughs> why yeah, why don't I hate her? What, what is this feeling I'm feeling? You just like her, my guy. It's okay. It's all right. You you so alright. You know, you'll get over it. It's okay, okay. you're six. It's your first crush. <laughs> So that was the first little hint that you know that that the show gave us that Damien had some type of feeling towards her, mm-hmm. and then I just want to say this a little crazy. Lloyd is a fool. <laughs> like, it's like before, as you know, they send Anya off to school, he just he like you say he says like you know what I'm gonna let her handle it. She's gonna have a good day at school. A few scenes, a few scenes next, you just see this man on top of the roof, roof with the with the little glass like. <laughs> what the hell? It's just like ah, ah, she's fucking up again. You know, just like Lloyd, you gotta. You gotta calm down, my guy. We know Lord is a fool. But um back to the most important question that I did have for today. So for like you said, at the end of this episode, we got we found out that um George's brother didn't know nothing about, you know, her being quote unquote oh, uh, and stuff like that. But but that not to interrupt you, but just to say, because I don't think I did it, but uh George's brother's name is Yuri. We got that this episode as well. Yuri? Uh, Yuri, yeah. Okay. Why you so Yuri. Yeah. Um, we found out that Yuri, you know, didn't know about yours being married and he just found out she was married and whatnot. So mm-hmm. with that being said, and we, we also found out that Yuri is kind of working for some part of the government. I can't remember the exact um department that he's in, but he's working for the government. But I the question to, I had to ask was, do you think that Yuri's brother is working for, I guess, um, what's his name? Um, Desmond in a way, in a sense. Oh, the uh, guy who Lloyd is trying to stop. Probably not directly, but it, but in some way, maybe. I don't think it's like a direct 
Link? Because if so, then I think the mission could have the mission probably could have happened uh, where Lloyd just seduced Yor and then met her brother and then got access to you know Damon's dad. But so if he, it sounds like he works for the government of the country he's in. So mm-hmm. I think technically, in some way, he might work for Damien Zed, but not direct, not, not like a direct but not directly, line, like yeah. like a direct line, like mm-hmm. he's a direct subordinate of him. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, well, because I was just I about to say because I know he was working for the government. I can't remember if the government that we're in now is technically the same part government that um no Damien's dad Desmond mm-hmm. is a part yeah, of, right uh, now, which I think it is. So. Yeah. If I was you know, putting those two together, there, I was like, you know, do, does he work for him? Because that'd be interesting, you know, to see later on down the line if he ends up working for. I mean, um, that, I, I I don't doubt that that might become a a thing for comedy and other story reasons. Uh, that yours brother might get like promoted to do something with Desmond's dad, and then like that'll cause a whole bunch of other stuff, conflict uh, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but for right now. As far as I know, he just works for the general. Like he, we, he just has some role in the general government um, mm-hmm. that could relate back to just, just in some way could relate back to Damien's dad, but not like a direct line. I don't think. I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's like I said before. I don't think he's subordinate level. Okay. 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 Well, Robert, well, other than that, I think it's good that we found the next episode. We're gonna get some more lore for your, if you will, because it's been a few episodes now before that we get not really got to see your do much. Like she's been there, but. That she really wasn't, you know, the center focus of any of the episodes, mm-hmm. really since episode two, really. Um, so yeah, it's good. To, we're gonna get some more um your stuff next episode. Mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, um, so. anything else that you would like to discuss while we're still on the summer topic? Uh, anything else in general? Personally, no, I don't think so. Like, I think uh, other than I think the show is progressing pretty well. Like, I don't have any issues with it. Like these last two episodes. Were a little like mundane compared to like the like what two one the first two and three three. yeah yeah uh but I don't think it's bad it's just how the story progresses like not every all of them can be like ridiculously high octane over the top so correct <laughs> I agree well all right so we're gonna move on to our dislikes for this episode and me personally I don't have any dislikes the only nitpick that I guess I would say is I kind of just already went over it that. We really haven't been getting much of your as a center of attention for any of the episodes recently, but we're going to get that next episode. So I'm good on that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't really have any dislikes this episode. I thought they did executed everything very well. Um, especially cause there was this little scene with, uh, cause they hinted at dorm students and people who get like drought, who don't live on the, uh, campus have like a little, mm-hmm. uh, weird reaction to each other. And they kind of did that with like Damien and Becky, how like, when they saw each other, it was just like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck these. But, like, they already have something established anyway, too. But I thought that was, like, yeah. a little not, nice nod to, like, the previous episode. Well, you know, but speaking on that, because Becky also mentioned that she could have her driver pick up Anya. You think that Anya's going to let her do that? Probably. I, I would not doubt that there's going to be uh, an episode or something relating to Anya spending a day with Becky. Because Lloyd pointed out how uh, uh, Becky's parent... And Desmond's dad are business partners. Yeah, they did point that out. You're correct. So it could. So you know what? So this in could some be way, almost like a plan C as well. In some way. In some way, I I, I don't know because we don't know how related, but we do know that they're related to business in some way. Yeah. So th- that could also be 
I think Lloyd figures out like, oh, maybe this could be in a way lead to. Uh, yeah, we get yeah because they get if she can get become friends with Bicky like she's already doing, Lloyd can get close to her parents who's already close, somewhat, somewhat close, close to to Desmond. Um, to Desmond. That, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That Desmond, could be another Desmond. way to get. That could be another way to get to him. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Yeah, I didn't think about that at first. So we're going to move on to our favorite scenes now. And for me, only had really one favorite scene, but some honorable mentions though real quick. Um, one, when Lloyd was in that goddamn hallway being a janitor, because <laughs> when, <laughs> when Anya and Becky was walking past him, I was, I was just thinking, I was like, I know that ain't Lloyd over there acting a goddamn fool. <laughs> I, when I watched Spy Family, I think I turned my brain off or something because I didn't even consider the fact that they could have been Lloyd until like I think... When Becky said, "No, you no, don't apologize," he like stood, he like stiffened up, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's Lloyd." <laughs> <laughs> and then my last honorable mention is when um they were in the cafeteria and Lloyd called Becky to come to one of the student towers, and Becky was like, "But I'm eating lunch," and then Lloyd was like, "Now, now. now. <laughs> like he heard her, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Oh, that, that, that was, was hilarious. But my one favorite scene that I did have for today was when um they was at science class and they was outside and Lloyd was using the mirror to send Anya a message to basically apologize to <laughs> to Damien <laughs> and Anya was like God is that you <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, surprisingly or un- surprisingly or unsurprisingly that was the only thing I could think of as well for mine as well. Yeah. It was just, that scene was just funny. That was like really, that was just really good plan because I was like, how did he even get a mirror with that carved into it? Like, who the fuck? <laughs> and then for, for bonus points, it, he basically how he relayed her message was also what the teacher was talking about in class as well about how using mirrors There's, and stuff like that. Yeah. So he also, you know, he got bonus points for that as well. <laughs> so he's just like, are you? She and she was just like, are you? Is he God? Like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> Oh man! So you said that was your favorite scene as well? Because I know you yeah, mentioned that, that you I, only I, had one. It, it was hard to figure. For me, I was like, there was it, this. Like I said, this episode was kind of a little bit mundane, but I thought it was good story wise, right? Yeah. So I was trying to think of like what stood out to me the most, and a lot of stuff kind of like equaled out. But I was like, you know what? If anything, that one was like the the that was the, like the scene of this episode because it was just it was just so funny. Because even like in terms of the schemes and how Lloyd try to uh get Anya's attention. That one was just so over the top. <laughs> yeah. It was. Well, all right. Well <laughs> that was quick then. We're gonna break today's episode, episode seven of Spy Family. Uh um anywhere from a six to a seven really. You know, like you said, this episode wasn't really too crazy, but we did get some good lore from this episode though. Yeah. Um, um I I I gave it a seven. Uh, personally, I thought that this was a very serviceable episode in terms of like plot and just seeing Anya's character growth a mm-hmm. little bit because, as you know, Anya is a very well. We don't know her age. We can assume that she's somewhere between like four to six. I, mean, she, I, I assume she's around somewhere like four to eight, something like that, at least. Yeah, well, I would say four to six. I think in the first episode, Lloyd was like, "I need a six-year-old child," and Anya was like, "I am six. And I was like, "I don't know if you're oh, telling." Oh yeah, me. okay with that, but she could be older than that though. She could be older or younger. Uh, Lloyd said she looked younger, so that's why I was like, maybe she's four. Correct. Um, okay. But I was so I was just like, uh, <laughs> so I'm just thinking like, oh, regardless, we know that she can be like a little not selfish but more so self-centered like you how mm-hmm. kids are basically they only think correct at that age they're really only like i am a being 
what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, oh, like, yeah. it was good to see her, in a way, grow and to be like, I need to do this for to help my parents. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that was uh, um, yeah. really like, nice. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was saying that was really nice. That was... Yeah, I was gonna say I get this round, you know, six or six and a seven. It was nice to see that, you know, Lloyd is actually finally realizing it has to be a better dad to Anya and not just a spy dad. And your kind of, and also Lloyd telling your that she's more part of the family than what she thinks she is. She's not a stranger. Mm-hmm. She's this child's mother, so you know, don't be afraid to you know give your suggestions and stuff like that. As well as this episode definitely did get me excited for next episode because I'm waiting to see how Yuri plays a role. Um, in the overall arching story, or if he's just gonna be some type of from, comedic relief or something like from that. From what I remember, when he did, I I don't remember. It's like I said, it's been so long. But if I do remember correctly, this episode is about to be hilarious because <laughs> Yuri is a riot, or like at least how the the situation, him like finding out his sister's about sister's marriage, all the stuff he wants. Oh, you to, know he finna come at the yeah. Floor. So, I, the next episode should be really good. I wouldn't be surprised he kicked the door down. <laughs> Police! You did what? <laughs> you married who? He said, don't worry about it. We're coming to save you. <laughs> he just showed up with six other policemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But So, that's the end of our episode seven Spy Family Review. Let us know down below in the comments what you think of this episode. And we're going to move on to our next anime in our lineup for today. We're going to be starting off with, not starting off, we're going to be moving on to Shield Hero, Episode 7, mm-hmm. The Infinite Labyrinth. And once again, I'm going to let our friend McMillian here just run us down quickly through the summary of this episode. Not much happened this episode, though, so it shouldn't take long. Yeah, but the implications are pretty up there for the episode. No, the implications are good, and I got my questions. I got my questions. (laughs) All right, so we begin the episode basically waking up in the new world that Naofumi and the gang had jumped into. Um, Unfortunately, Philo is missing, and the party has been reduced back to level one. Um, So they're playing on hard mode again, (laughs) Uh, if you will. And... Um, after that, they basically are in this like prison cell type thing, and from there they go and explore the new world that they're in, and they seem to be on the, like stranded on this odd island with like these random assortments of monsters. And for a while, we get like Naofumi and Raftalia doing like the training that they did when the series first started, where Naofumi would like take the hit, and then Raftalia would kill the mo- like. The monster, kill and the I, mob. Then, yeah. yeah, and then he'd scan whatever was left of it so he can get new shield parts because his shield is also reduced to level one. So unfortunately, Ace's thing with the heart shield saying that it's OP, we won't even find out for a while because that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so from there, the gang then, uh, Raftalia, Naofumi, and Risha then get into a bit of some trouble when a Kappa decides to attack them. And it seems like all. Hope is not, well, not Hall Hope, but like now Fumi might be done for until um, the Kappa is uh, taken out by uh, a hero of this world, of this world, and her name is Kizuna Kazuyama, or better, or as her title is known as the Hunting Hero, uh, and she's one of the four cardinal heroes of her world. Um, which, it, and not only that, but we later find out that she is a friend. To Glass and Lark. 
uh, which makes Naofumi want to immediately distrust her. But the way she proves that she can be trusted or that they can rely on her is the fact that her weapon apparently cannot harm other people. Which is interesting. Because when I saw that, I was like, well, how do you fight, you know, monsters and stuff? We saw her use some type of special move on that um, capybara, not capybara, whatever the hell that monster it's was. It's called Kappa. It's called Kappa. Kappa. We saw her use some type of special move on that Kappa and take it out. So I'm assuming that she can only uh, use well, it skills seems, to fight, maybe? Well, it seems like that she can't Or harm. do you think she just can't hurt other people? people? Yeah, I think that's what she meant when she attacked Nafumi. Like, she cannot hurt people. She can hurt mobs or monsters. But people she cannot hurt, which is interesting for uh, this world. Because I'm wondering if that's a restriction because of her title. Because she's called the hunting hero. And hunting is usually, technically, you can hunt people. It's not <laughs> necessarily something you cannot do. It's not a very humane thing it's to do. It's not humane is the problem, right? <laughs> so I, I'm wondering if the titles of, like, their thing for these heroes uh the titles for our heroes is like oh this is the item we are restricted to using so i'm wondering in this world maybe the hero title for them is like these are the actions we're restricted to take so do you think it's a restriction on her being the hunter hero or a restriction on her just being a cardinal hero in general i think i think it might be the hunting hero thing because i think the way we generally think about hunting or like the way it's usually portrayed is like monsters or uh, mm. animals yeah. So she can probably harm mobs and animals, but humans are no go because of the the because usual the perception. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's the case because her weapon seems to change from like a fishing rod to a sword yeah. to you know it, it, to hunting items that hunt, might be like items related to hunting, but they hunting don't seem to work like that. Okay. on humans. So. Um, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how this moves forward. Cause I'm also interested to see what the other Cardinal is like. My theory will be confirmed when we see, uh, what the other Cardinal heroes restrictions are because yeah, for our, about to say. cause for our, for our now Fu or now Fumi's heroes, it's legit items. It's not okay. like, people. well, I guess. Yeah, we're on this topic. So I'll, I'll ask this question now. Then while we're on this topic, so I'll have to come back to it later. So, um, as you just mentioned, Lark, not Lark. Um, the ogre, the hunter hero, is friends of Glass and Lark, and we know that um, she is the hunter hero, and that you know Lark and Glass and them were heroes from their other world. So, by that being being that said, do we now is is it safe to assume that Lark and Glass are also cardinal heroes of this I world? I don't think they're cardinal heroes. I think they may be uh, vassal heroes. Like Book Dude was a vassal hero of that mm. world. So Lark and Glass may well Glass could be a cardinal hero, I, and the only reason I think she could be is because of how strong she was compared to Lark and uh, the other girl that came that uh, came with them. But I'm pretty sure that they're uh, that they're that they're vassal heroes because I think the girl that they travel with, uh, the girl that Lark travels with, the one with the blue hair, mm-hmm. I think she said she was a. Car- I think she also said she was a cardinal hero of like the gym or something like that. I can't remember. Well, not the cardinal hero. I'm sorry, the vassal hero of the gym. Oh, okay. But I can't remember. It's been a minute since season one. I can't remember what type of hero. If she did say she was a hero or not, what she was. I think. I think when she, uh, when they were in the channel, she said something about it. But that is only like old memory because I didn't go back and check. Unfortunately, I should have. But uh, 
I think they, they I think they might be at least vassal heroes, if not cardinal at least heroes. heroes. Yeah, and we know glass, those type of heroes. Glass, if any, if my money was on anyone being a cardinal hero out of them, it might be Glass, just because of how okay. strong. So she you, so you think be. Glass is one of the cardinal heroes, but you think Larkin, like if there, if there was mystery girl, is just are just vassal heroes. Heroes, yeah. If there was one out of them to be cardinal, I'd probably say her, just because of how strong she presented to be. And as you know, the cardinal, mm-hmm. the cardinal heroes are supposed to be a cut above. The vassal, the, the vassal heroes, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I I can see where you're coming from with that at least. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, I, I'll give you that, but I, at least I think I'll, I'll at least give I'll give Locke a chance. You know, I think he might be a cardinal hero as well. I'll give him a chance, but I wouldn't be surprised if your theory was quick as well that the other two were just vassal heroes and Glass is the only cardinal hero as well. Yeah, uh, but we'll have to see uh, as we as because uh, we'll have to see later on this season because. We end this episode off with Naofumi and company. Um, well, Kizuna shows them this like gate or thing in this church uh, that's in, within the infinite labyrinth. And she basically is like, this is like the end or like the boundary of this world, but it's like a bug. Like they can't get through it. So Naofumi comes up with like this plan to use an item to force the boundary open. And that is how they all uh, finally escape. Because uh, Kizuna does inform them that she's been in the labyrinth for years. Time, like, huh? she forgot. She has lost count. Um, Which is interesting because she, earlier in the episode, says that she's 18. But mm-hmm. if years have gone by, would she not be older? So, I was just going to ask that. Do you think that maybe she came to this world a little bit younger or that time doesn't necessarily move in the infinite um, labyrinth? Move so in, that, that, in that labyrinth. I would probably say that one is that time doesn't move in that labyrinth or like time might not move for the heroes in general, but I don't know because they don't, uh, they haven't shown, we, we, we are, we only know our heroes and they, in the old hero, we never got to see his face. Any of the, in any of the flashbacks, so I don't know. If they I mean, eat. yes, we did. We, he has the same face. Wait, are you talking about the old shield? The, the old, the yeah. one, the shield before Nafumi, yeah. right? Oh, okay. I was about to say, I thought you were talking about Nafumi. No, no, I'm saying like, we, well, let's say all, all I'm saying is like, I don't even know if the heroes age because they come age, from a different world. Uh, yeah, okay, I yeah, and we haven't seen, and we know that there are older versions of the Cardinal Heroes, and we've seen like, I think the what the shield, the old shield from like the the neck down. <laughs> so we don't know so I don't know like how old he got before he that the old one went got before he went back to his other world or died cuz yeah yeah so I don't even know if necessarily the heroes just in general age after they travel to a different world cuz aging Correct. process could stop for them the moment they you know go there cuz no I don't know if Naofumi said like he feels any older after older he, not yeah cuz he's Cause been think, there for I about I think it's been at least like a it's been a year since he's been there right don't want to say around a year Okay. So, but he hasn't mentioned anything of like having a birthday or anything like that. So I'm not sure. But uh, I, I would yeah. think that has, maybe time. You're, you're right about that. He if, hasn't mentioned anything about his birthday. But he could. It's possible that he just probably don't care about yeah, it. Yeah. I, so if and anything, it also could be possibly that we're forgetting some shit as well. That's also true. We're not perfect. <laughs> we're human. Um. So I was like say if anything, if if the grander thing is like when they travel the world, they don't stop aging. I would assume maybe in the infinite labyrinth, she doesn't. She didn't age much. Correct. Like it, okay. maybe time like actually is either maybe it's like hyperbolic time chamber, like different time zones, or just in general she just didn't age. Same time, right. didn't age. 
Okay, well, thank you for that summary, McMillian. I got a few questions here. I already asked my first question. So for my second question, uh, the Hunter Hero mentioned that, well, she mentioned two things. She mentioned, um, she's, you know, she's been locked up here, but she's locked up here for a reason that she did something. Um, what do you oh, think? Oh, it was, uh, she said, she said she made it, uh, she got captured by the enemy nation. She didn't say that she did. She oh, got that, captured. You know what? Correct. There you go. Well, that, well, that, that gets rid of that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got, she got, uh, she said she got captured by an enemy nation, which also brings up like a point of like, are, are, are the heroes, well, technically, I guess it, that's the same thing in now Fumi's world, but I was about to say like, are the heroes technically like soldiers of the nation they get summoned to? Yeah. But because, that's not one, cause they don't really 100% say that now Fumi works only for the, the Melamark. I think it's the Melikar. Her nation. I mean, yeah. technically, they kind of do because they made an agreement with the king, you know, back in season one to, you know, stop the waves and stuff like that. And then, you know, but the waves are started the, making agreements with the queen. Well, I was just saying the waves are attacking the world. So well, yeah, kinda, but so uh, in a way that in a way they're kind of like almost dip, like they don't have a home nation. But that, I mean, in a way, they are. They are kind of like the lady, like when she had, when something is happening, she brings, she calls them in. So maybe yeah. that's why I was like, like nobody I, else can basically summon them, but the yeah, so nation really. So. so maybe that, maybe the thing I'm talking about is, is doesn't yeah. actually matter in the grand scheme. Cause because now you brought that up, because it might be an interesting thing to, to think upon now that you brought that up. Because in their world, then this brings it to my second question. Um, she mentioned that we were, um, no, well, Nafumi told her, you know, we was brought here to fight the waves, you know, what about how the waves, you know, how's the situation with the waves going in your world? And she was like, you know, wait, what the waves, what are those? And she, was, then she also, then she mentioned that, you know, we was brought here for different reasons, apparently. Yeah. So one, what do you think that their Cardinal Heroes was brought here to do? So, because this, this also leads into basically what you just said. Do you think it's more of a situation where each of the nations summoned their own Cardinal Hero and they're basically like so, at war with each other? So that was my theory. But the thing is, when I think about now Fumi and them's world, they that's not necessarily exactly the case. But they don't have to be one to one, obviously. So correct. Um, that could be it. But the only thing is, if that is the case in their war, and why would the hunting hero be good at anything considering she can't hurt people? That's a good That's a good question. But that also could, you know, just go back to maybe Unless there's a ma- nation of, certain restraints on who she can hurt and stuff like that. That, that could be the case. Know. But there also could, uh, well, uh, there also could be the fact that in this world, there's a nation of monsters. And so, or what? Or, well, you know, she was also in the labyrinth. What if it's the case that she can't hurt? She couldn't hurt people while she was in the labyrinth as well. That could be a thing as well. I don't know the way she talked. The way she said it seemed like definitively she could not hurt people. It didn't seem like it was based on the situation. But there is something to keep in mind. The labyrinth could be playing with her, you know, abilities. But the thing is, I don't know how she would have tested that, considering she said she was in there by herself for all that time. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, but I'm assuming that it, that is a blanket statement. Like, regardless of anything, she can't hurt people, which makes me think maybe there's a nation of monsters, or maybe there's some other, some gr- other reason. I, I, I'm trying to think of like what else it could be other than like warring nations, because yeah. maybe in a way the cardinal. What if the cardinal heroes are summoned there to keep the vassal heroes in check? I don't know. Because that'll be interesting. The, I, I'm only saying that because the book hero seems like an asshole, and I don't. <laughs> so maybe like. The, uh, some other vassal heroes are also assholes. Who knows? But Maybe, it, if, yeah. if it it's just interesting because if it is warring nation, the cart the hunting hero doesn't seem to be like that useful. useful. 
Yeah, yeah in I a war like conflict, that. at least. I mean, my, my money will be on warring nations, but my second guess would be um something that you know, basically the the book Vassal Hero done brought up. You know, he's been going around dealing with other Guardian beasts and stuff like that. So oh. maybe that the Cardinal Hills was brought to this world to fight the Guardian the beasts, beast, maybe for because some weird reason. Like maybe they started going berserk or something. Yeah, no, nah, that was it's actually a good thing because I forgot about the fact that he said I've been doing this before. Yeah, that might be that could be the case. That one hundred percent could be the case. Um, so that was that's what I thought about that. That's something it, to think about. Yeah, it is because you know we we're in, we're in a new world now. We it got a lot of different possibilities that could be going on. And then my last question that I had: um, How do you feel about Nafumi game being reset to level one? And do you think that with this reset to level one, got rid of all his shield abilities? Like, do you think and, he's uh, on a fresh slate for this world? Probably, yeah. Um, and I think the reason they might have done that. And this is probably like a good storytelling opportunity is for them to get acclimated with the heroes of this world because that's exact. I mean, that's the immediate thing that they did this episode was we got dropped into a new world. We can't really we, we realize, oh, shit, we're definitely out of our depth because we're not experienced with what the hell's going on here. Enter a new hero who is from this world, who's also who is also summoned here from Japan. So she has a connection with Naofumi with that. Like. In a way, I feel like they're like your mate. We're we're in now Fumi seat again this season. Mm-hmm. As in, we don't know nothing about this world that we just now are entering, and we have to see it from like a back seat perspective instead of like a front seat one. Because now Fumi was is was a cardinal hero of his world, so a lot of the shit was happening to him, and he mm-hmm. had to propel it forward. And now we're kind of like it's almost like now Fumi is a party member of a cardinal hero, and not a Correct. cardinal hero himself, at least for right now. At least for right now, yeah. So I, I would assume that we're probably going to be dealing with him being like this for a little bit because I don't think, I don't think he, I don't unless they're going to separate from uh, Kazuna in a like very dramatic way. I don't think that uh, we're gonna. That's going to be the last we see of her. It seems like they're going to be traveling together at least until he goes back to the world the where world. he, the world where he was a cardinal hero. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, like you said, um, like you just mentioned, I think this will be a good opportunity for them to catch some of that season one feeling, if you will, because you know we have to go back to the whole level up process and and everything like that, and you know we're in a new world, and it will also be good to see that if we if we if it is true that he doesn't have any of his old abilities due to his reset to level one, then that means we get to be introduced to some new abilities and stuff like that. And, you know, we don't have to see, we won't get to see any of his older stuff in, anymore, but it's okay because it'll be replaced by, you know, now, new abilities now, and stuff like that. A big question is, like, once he, now that he's out of the labyrinth, how, if any of his old abilities will start coming back to him slowly? Because while he was in the labyrinth, uh, there was that scene where Kizuna was overlooking Naofumi's shield and she was like, your weapon is all glitchy. Like, and it had, like, yeah. little glitch spots. So I'm like, maybe there's a data because the way it works like it's a video game but it's not so i'm like maybe data transfer didn't fully go through who knows yeah like like it got corrupted or something yeah because we still don't know where philo is either yeah, we do we do but not. if we we're do everybody's not. back to zero the the first thing i thought about when they were like oh shit we're all back to level one i was like is philo an egg again is that is that the case <laughs> i don't think they did feel like that <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, though. Is all I'm saying. Like, but it's. I, I will say this. This is a very uh, breath of fresh air kind of episode because we're back to like intrigue of new world type stuff, yeah. um, which can be good or bad depending on how it's executed. So correct. But so far, okay. I think it's a. Uh, this is a pretty decent way to do it. Yeah, 
And, you know, I got to give props to, you know, Shield Hero this episode, even though it wasn't, you know, action-packed or anything. At least the lore, if you will, for this episode was good. And it was interesting, and it wasn't just boring stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and they get you know, they, and they gave us stuff you know to, to theorize on as well with this episode. So they did a really good job with that. Yep. Well, all right. So we're gonna move on to our dislikes for this episode, and I don't have any dislikes in general. I guess I won't only have really just a small nitpick is just how they reset. Um, Reftalia back to her younger self, but I mean, I get it though, so it doesn't really upset me we, that much. Cause... We lullified your raccoon, deal with it because <laughs> <laughs> her age is tied to you know her, her levels level. and stuff like that. So yeah, I understand, but but why though? <laughs> <laughs> That's how that was weird to me to begin with. I that didn't really take me back. I didn't have, I think, a, a dislike other than the fact that like the way. I don't know. I, I think Naofumi is a pretty smart person, so the fact that he was kind of lackadaisical about just exploring a unknown island that could also be inhabited by like tougher shit than cardboard boxes, that I was like, now, Naofumi. I mean, I mean, well, you can't just st- sit around all day. You got to get. I mean, yeah, no, but it's like the way he was approaching it was like he knew, like he was in his world, like he knew what was going yeah. on. In my opinion, I would have been cautious. Because a dragon could have popped out, and now we did. Because <laughs> a dragon could have popped out. You, you are right though. Dragons like, do exist. So, like, so I'm, that's all I'm saying is like, I, I just I expected him to be a little bit more cautious. But I'm not saying like I don't get why he wasn't. Because the thing is, he just came from a world where he was. I don't know what level he was in his other world. I would assume high. I think it was. He was at, at least, least the, decent. I think the, I think it was only the fifties. And he was at least a decently level, high level character. So I can understand him being like kind of. Still deal with like I'm the shit, but the thing is, you know, you level one, so <laughs> yeah, that was that, that's not really a dislike. It's just more of like a nah. It did. Nah. And then they ran up on that Kappa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you level one, but run into a level ten boss, <laughs> mm-hmm. see, that's the problem when you when, when overworld creatures are just out there. You, you know? in the wrong neck of the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's crazy because it shows you just how much level disparity also plays a effect in their world again. Because they could not whoop this singular Kappa. Like it was just one of the, it was just one of him. <laughs> Imagine if it was multiple. Yep, and, it was one of these yep, guys. And now Fumi just looked like he was about to get taken out too. So hey. by by a single Kappa, Kappa. he was going to get taken out. Crazy. But okay, so we're going to go ahead and talk about our favorite scenes for this episode. And surprisingly enough, I don't really have. Any favorite scenes for this episode? So I don't oh, you know, know if you have done? anything, maybe. Oh, uh, so I have two. Okay, and I could arguably take one off, but <laughs> I, I I liked um the emotional aspect of this. So my first favorite scene was uh Kizuna saving the gang uh when she showed up and took out the kappa because she was just okay. like I she I, I forgot what she yelled to now for me, but she like wrapped it up in a wire, a fishing wire. It seemed like because her uh, weapon turned into a fishing rod and just obliterated. Like, it turned into, like, red mist. And I was like, all right. Okay. I, you're a badass. I see. That's your badass. Like, I was like, all right. Got it. Okay, cool. You you are the hero now. You're you're that guy. You're that person, right? So, when it, I was like, that's a perfect way to introduce a character that's probably going to be an important is just be like, give him a badass moment. So that as like save the hero, so I thought that mm-hmm. was a good one. Um, 
My other one was uh, Kizuna just celebrating getting outside. Um, and this is like the one I was like debating on because I was like, it's not like that grandiose, but in a way, it just, I thought they did a good job of it because they gave her an emotional response to it. Even mm-hmm. like, uh, like she, where she ended up like hugging everybody and just like started bawling. And I was like, you know what? That probably would be anyone's reaction to getting out of a play. Even like she, even though she seemed like she was doing well for herself, she was by herself for God knows how long, and probably thought she was gonna end up dying there based on like all the exploration. That she Maybe did. Like, so I thought like she did. said, it, she she did contemplate you know suicide while she was in there. So yeah, so I, I thought that was a really good. I just thought that was a good moment because and a lot of action packed animes and stuff like that, you don't get to see a lot of like the emotional repercussions of certain things such as this. Like a lot of times it's like, oh damn, I was in a place for a thousand years. Crack snick, time to get back to work. <laughs> like so I just thought that was a I, I just feel like anytime they take a a moment to actually show the emotional toil on the character, then yeah. it should be praised because it doesn't it happen be, a lot. Okay. I feel you. Um, I guess one thing I guess you'd say that that I at least thought was funny for this episode is when <laughs> Nafumi asks um Kiz- Kazuna what was her age what is this girl named for? Uh, Kizuna 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 thank you he asked Kizuna her age and she was like you know I'm eighteen and he was like are you a lolly and then he just stopped talking <laughs> and like, like you like, a lolly well, hag called me a lolly hag weren't you which is interesting because <laughs> like, hags are old and eighteen is not that old of an age so I was like the hell. <laughs> I mean, I guess still is eighteen was still you know more I guess of age better than for what you know she was in a lolly body still though technically so it's, you I get, know, yeah you're eighteen but you don't look like an eighteen year old though yeah no yeah, no I get it I was just like but the the word hag implies the way when when someone says well no one says lolly hag except I guess in anime right but usually when I think about it, I'm like uh, that's like going in Kalua's teacher is probably a perfect example like a person yeah. who's like well beyond the age. Of what they should look like, but still looks like that. <laughs> so that's usually what I think when someone when the term that when lolly hag term comes up, that's usually what I think about. So I was like, how is an eighteen year old that? But hey, I, I I get what he was going for. Yeah, I mean, well, technically, she probably could be no older than eighteen. Oh yeah, maybe he was our conversation that we had earlier. We yeah, because maybe time this really works in the labyrinth. And stuff yeah, because like maybe that. he was interpreting the fact that she could have been lying about her age. Yeah, that could be also a possibility. Because he did mention he was like, you know, you've been in here for some years. What you know was going? <laughs> yeah, going okay, on? that makes sense. That actually makes more sense to, to uh, yeah. with that term. Okay, um, but I mean, I'm just glad somebody finally said it. No more lollies. I'm glad somebody finally said it. That's yeah. right now for me. No we do more need lollies. It. We do need to stop with that. <laughs> oh man, uh, any more favorites? Would you? Did you already say both of your favorite scenes? Mm-hmm. I think you did. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, we're gonna ahead and rate this episode then, and I. Once again, just like Spy Film, you know, around six or six or seven. Um, a lot of exposition this episode, but at least it was not boring. It was actually interesting and it allowed me to theorize on certain things. So, yeah. So I get this one like a high six, um, possibly a seven. I, I if anyone argued for it being a seven, I could completely understand. Um, I, it was a good episode. I just thought I thought it was like a, a slightly above yeah. average. Uh, like you said, he- exposition heavy, but it would serve the purpose of like we're in a new place. Like you got to explain, yep. you know, what's going on. And I thought the way they chose to introduce Kizuna uh, was good, and also she's an interesting new character. Like I actually want, I want to learn more about the world and her. So I thought they did a good job on that. So I'm just waiting to see what type of world it is that they live in now. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm waiting to see. And then I'm also, you know, just like I said, we get we, we we've been reset to level one. So I'm waiting to see that if 
if it's true that you know Nafumi has lost all his shield abilities and he's just starting from a clean slate now, so I'm you know wondering how that's going to play out as well. Yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, it's good. Looks like it's going to be a good time. So, um, and then you know what? This also plays into the fact where how you mentioned last episode, you was like you don't know how there was how long we're going to be in this world because you just assume we're going to follow the book vessel and you know just you know end yeah, up fighting now, and stuff like that and yeah. go back. And now, but now they've flipped all that mm-hmm. on his head. Yeah. Now it seems like we're going to be here longer. Yeah. So. And then I also wondered this, yeah, like I said, how long will Nafumi decide to stay here in this world and I guess, quote unquote, you know, trying to help them out? I mean, well, the question now, because I don't know, the portal didn't, I don't, wait, the portal seemed to drop them in a random location. So the question is, how will they get back as well? Like, I mean, well, if it's, if it's the world that Lark and Glass are from, they have know. portals to get to the other world. world so yeah. So we which I mean, the, we'll just have to figure out how that'll be worked out because. Now, for me, said it best. Those are my enemies. So, like, no, what they- you what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> but with this episode, they could be slightly become somewhat friends because if they're becoming friends with the hunter hero and she's friends with Glass and them, you they they might relieve relations somehow yeah some, i mean it'll be interesting. some way who knows unless unless nafumi is still just on that fuck that <laughs> fuck that bitch shit so <laughs> which would be understandable if he is but i look forward to seeing the rest of what this season brings i agree and so that is the end of our episode seven shield hill review once again let us know down below in the comments what you think of this episode um we'll know we'll be glad to see what you guys think about this episode seven and now last but not least we're going to move on to our final episode or anime that we have for today in our uh-huh. lineup being Tomodachi Game Episode 7. I'll take 20 million yen worth of your life. And once again, Tomodachi Game is being featured as our final episode, which means we thought this had the most oomph to it, if you will, uh-huh. <laughs> out of all out of all the animes in our lineup. So um once again, you know, we're gonna start with our boy McMillian running through our summary here. Uh, yeah, so this episode, not a lot happened, but uh, a lot. Uh, there's a lot of implication for the future and past, I guess, for the series. So uh, See, we start we got, off. We got a lot of answers yeah, so answered we, today. Yeah, yeah, we, so Questions we, answered today. So we start off yeah. finding out basically that uh, Ace was right. Uh, Tenji was not truly in love with Yuichi, but there was things that Tenji wanted uh, to find Yuichi to understand on why he put them in the Tomodachi game. So they were, uh, we wake up they, these episodes started so our protagonists waking up in a cage that they will be stuck in for three days within these three days tenji uses the time to gain yuichi's trust by basically explaining to him that the reason he put himself in the tomodachi game was so he can get revenge on shiho and i just want to say this shit is wild like, yeah because <laughs> shiho, shiho apparently may have ties to the tomodachi game in and of itself um because Someone, one of their uh, Tenji's old friends, uh, while they went to, were going to school with Chiho, one of them began showing interest in her, and ended up, I guess, spending money that they had saved to develop a company together. Well, well both of his friends started showing interest in her. Oh yeah, technically it was both. Uh, and one of them may have spent money in the facts that they got in debt, and to regain that debt, they got somehow were put into the Tomodachi game. Um, well. How it was was they, they um Tenji started realizing that their booking was off and that you know, like you said, they started slow going into money. That he yeah, had yeah. a conversation with some of his friends, they was able to get back on board with their money and they actually you know, started getting the money back. Um a few months have passed, I'm assuming, and they was walking to school one day, be like, Okay, let's out of the three million yen that we raised, let's both let's all take a million 
each. And when it hits 20 million yen, whoever whoever raised the most gets to be the quote unquote CEO of our company, as well as <laughs> have the right to propose to Shiho. Mm-hmm. And Tenji thought, you know, that was weird and crazy. He was like, um, I mean, okay, but they, you know, like he played along with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like they're teenage guys. Like, I mean, yes. and then after that conversation, somehow they ended up in the Tomodachi game. Uh, and it seemed like none of them had knowledge of what it was, at least prior. Uh, so when it happened, it was kind of just odd. But like when they got back, or when Tenji got back from it, because I don't, his, did he say his friend survived? I'm trying to remember. Or got okay, out. Okay, so because he left, the, he he got kicked out in the in in one of the games. Is so what they did. It. So basically, this how it went was in game three. They lost. Their group lost in game three. It was only three of them, mm-hmm. and all the debt went to. Tenji and it was 20 million yen so with that being said I think we finally found out who the, who was the person that was 20 million yen in debt it was Tenji um, they went back after that he went and confronted his friends and was like you know That's it, yeah. what the hell is going on why did you why did we you know play that game and whatnot? and well, I'm, his friends they, he never like gave a name to his friends so I'm not sure which one it was but it was just one of his friends and he mentioned that I did it all for, for Shiho and he was like Excuse me? Like, what the fuck? What, what do you mean you did it for She-Ho? He didn't explain. He was just like, hey, get off me. You know, I did this for She-Ho. And cause, especially because they weren't, I don't, well, it seemed like Tenji at least left. He said he was not allowed to speak about it again. I'm not sure if the, if the other two were given the same stipulation. Because, yeah, cause, cause, yeah he, he, I forgot. Thank you. He was, he, he was also one of his, I guess, graces that allowed him to lead the Tomodachi game was that he, that he wasn't allowed to speak about it mm-hmm. after he left. Um, but, of course, you know, after he spoke to his friend, it took him a while. He decided to tell his dad about the situation, what was going At, on. After Shiho confronted him about it, because <laughs> Shiho uh, was like, "Oh, have you seen your friend such and such?" I well, not, well no, she. I said people say you've been talking to your friend. He just stays quiet. She's like, "I wonder what you guys are talking about. What were you guys talking about? Crazy eyes. What were you talking about?" Did you talk about me? Did, did you talk about me? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy eyes. Uh, yeah. And then he basically divulges everything to her dad. His dad, uh, Tenji's dad, is like, oh, we're friends with the Sawaragis. I think that's her last name. And, like that, yeah. and go, he's like, I'm going to go confront them. And ends up dead. <laughs> Wild. Now, uh, which, now, one thing is we don't know if he ended up like he was in some backyard. Did we don't know if that was the Sagawagi's backyard? We don't know if that was the backyard of you know Tenji's house or whatnot. We don't know. They didn't explain that. All we know is that man was found end, ended up dead, dead in somebody's backyard. Um, and no one knows really what happened. I don't even. I don't even think they said what the cause of the death was. Well, the police, the policeman was like, um, they they think it was suicide. And suicide. Tenji, that of was course, it. was like Tenji was like, of course, is he don't know that wasn't suicide. Yeah, so like, he was like, nah. So now there's a huge mystery surrounding Chiho, which I was like, you know, I I had suspicions for her, but not in terms of the Tomodachi game, like thing. not in terms of this. Though. Yeah, which, like, and which brings me to my first question. That one, I would like to say, I was right. <laughs> I was right about Tenji because it, um, it, it was just like. Last episode, you know, he got that big reveal, and I'm like, "There's, there's no fucking way, like he's telling the truth." On like that. I like, said, if he is, by all means, you got me then. But like, we just spent like two or three episodes inside your fucking head. And the only thing that you've been plotting on is she holds girl. Yeah, no, time. I, I and agree. Me- and again, uh-huh. I agreed. I just said like I would not be surprised if it was because he was exempting the signs of yandere ism. Mm-hmm. So 
<laughs> and then, like I said, I was also, you know, pointing out the fact that he was trying to get revenge on She-Ho because she did something to this man. And we finally found out what, what the hell the it thing, was. But the thing is, what's odd to me is that a lot of this is hearsay. Like, it, none of it is, like, exact like, I mean, it, you, you could, could you could say it's but she at was the same still, time, a lot of this shit is kind of oh, I mean, no, like I mean, it's, it's centered around her, her to a yeah, certain extent. No, I, I, and again, I agree, but a lot of but there wasn't enough in his recap for me to be like this girl. She that there could be possibly that she is uh, connected to the thing, but it also could be the fact that one of his friends mismanaged his money because he was out here big balling to this. He was trying to prove it. He was a baller. <laughs> he wasn't. You and, right. it, that, that could be. And, 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 and she, impress, and she you know. yeah, exactly. And that, and that, and it turned into that because she, because the thing is, Tenji's perception of Shiho's questioning could have been of uh, tainted by like his judgment of experience. Yeah, yeah, by that experience. And so the way he perceived her is probably how we saw her. She might not actually be, Correct. you know, a part of it. But I, but I will say, it's still a lot of coincidences around her. So that, that mm. you know, that's enough to question it itself. I'm, I'm saying like Correct. one one thing when he was going through this recap, I was like, a lot of this is hearsay, Tenji. Like <laughs> you didn't find but her with a gun. It's not though. You didn't like find dad, her with a. Your yeah, dad goes that, to I mean, talk to her family, and then now he's now dead, that's a, but, a but I'm saying like that is the one and only big <laughs> thing. If you take that out, like this is just a this is just a dude. This is just like a story of a friendship that ended because of a girl. That happens all the time. So I, I guess, but, but like I said, there's enough coincidence and that smoking gun to be like, okay, yeah, some some's going on with the Sawaragi family. Up. So my, my question is, do you think that Shiho is one of the quote unquote game masters of the Tomodachi game? Game masters. My theory is that she's like a, she's a field operative, if you will. She goes out and get people to apply to the Tomodachi I, game. You know basically. what? So you're basically kind of around the same thing. I thought. I, the way I'm saying it is that she's related to maybe somebody in, in there and that she's like, what do they call them? Hostesses, showgirls, something. She's basically like a person that, she's like one of the people on the Vegas, well, no. She, because I, I was about to say, there are people on the Vegas ship that tell you to go to casinos. So she's like mm-hmm. a recruiter, like a promoter, a recruiter kind of type yeah. thing. So she's like, I'm going to get young men, men to spend their money on me <laughs> and then they'll have to go play the Tomodachi game. So I, I, and I also mean, before, it's a possibility. And before I let you finish on your spiel as well, just want to double back real quick on this hearsay. We also got to remember that Tenji, while during the game, Tenji got a text or slash email from somebody telling him not to butt into She-Ho's um, life and stuff oh, like that. that is, I mean, uh, so there's two there's two things that's all i'll say two things <laughs> so not, i mean because the only hearsay the only the only thing well i'm just saying this the only thing that would like be like confirmation like, that she is 100 a part of it is that like if the, tenji's friend had told tenji that the only way he found out like if the guy who lost About the money the who, was because it was of her. her yeah now that i'll be like okay is she guilty like that's too many that's too many things but I was yeah. like, right now we technically only really have like things happening around her, and maybe mm-hmm. and two direct things that kind of link her or her family. So that's why I'm like, it, it's a lot of hearsay right now. Now that could be easily become evidence with like one thing, but we haven't gotten it yet. But yeah. I'm still like on like, okay, something's going on with her or her family. Like that's yeah. what, basically where my head's at. So if she, anything, she hope may or may not be an operative for. The establishment, but not a part of the establishment. <laughs> but I mean, if you're operative for the establishment, technically, are you not a part of that establishment? But I'm saying, like, well, I guess the question is, 
like our contractors technically a part of the company or not because that could technically be and, her thing i mean i guess i mean well <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying real technical here but that's an upside this game is this not a technical <laughs> ass show like <laughs> this, show, this show has rules in it every other episode like that is right. that's not the definition You're of technical right. i don't know You're right I, I don't know my, my thing is i think she has more ties to the to the game than just on in my I mean, opinion I, well i'm just saying i so with games where it's mis with shows where it's mystery i try to go off of like i don't want to assume too much because then i'll go further than what they've shown no, me already. i feel you and i'm saying i'm not going off by assumptions i'm going off about what they showed me this episode she and well i mean that she's connected so i'm just saying like, acting all weird, weird. for she ho mm-hmm. that one text that he got and his damn daddy being up dead after he just said he was gonna go talk to that damn girl family, family. that I, all, all three of them uh, things just aren't no just hearsay coincidence in my opinion I mean, in my opinion, I don't think that the three things you mentioned are hearsay. But I'm saying like all the other stuff, like the money loss, like yeah. like that could 100% be a teenage boy just trying to impress a teenage girl. Like that. Could, no, that, I mean, I, I get what you're that saying on that. that. I'm just saying I don't um, think that's the case. The only, my my only thing is like if, like I said, if he found out about the thing from her, oh, Booker, Booker, take her ass to you, jail. You, you're just waiting on this the one solid concrete thing. Yeah, because I, I was just like to, to, to me. Because Tenji's dad could have been killed before he even got to the Sauragis. Oh, here so, you go. That, here is you that go. not true? Is that <laughs> not true? Is that well, not I true? Ain't trying to hear, I ain't trying to hear that. Once again, we don't we don't know what but that car he was but in. That, but, but, we, but the last time we saw that man, he was he walking said, out the house of the said, door. Yes, and he said I was going to go <laughs> to the Sauragis. That man could have got jumped. Now, granted, it could have been orchestrated. It could have been orchestrated. I I, I would like to think that if he got jumped, there would have been signs of him (laughs) being jumped by multiple motherfuckers. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, Uh, unless 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 the police were in on it somehow. That which I mean, the Tomodachi game seemed like a very powerful (laughs) establishment. So, but but so all all I'm saying is like one. I don't know the full circumstance of his death yet, other than the fact that Mm -hmm. like I'm going to the Sauragis. So that's enough yeah. for me to be like, okay, suspicion. Not enough to be like, is this one hundred percent her? Because this yeah. game has played with that idea already. But again, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, so I'm just trying to be as cautious as I can. But she, I'm, I'm holding out that this is that something's going on with her as far as the establishment. I just don't I mean, know if she if she's a game master or like. Something that high, she could just be Ooh, a person. It could, that it could listen. Spreads information. They fuck around and say that the Sagwaga family is the head of the goddamn. Tumble and if that's the case, wild as hell, wild <laughs> as hell. <laughs> oh man, but oh, oh, we just went on a little quick little spill right there. That was wild. But yeah, I mean, this, um, so, this is the episode. That's basically like <laughs> yeah, this is this. That's is the, the first half. Is. That's our first half right there. <laughs> that is the first half. So, but yeah, that that that's basically the major theory that I got going on right now is that basically. Shiho is a field operative, if you will, for the Tomodachi game. Or if she's not like a full time field operative, that's at least what she's doing right now. Um, but anyways, um, so you know we get that reveal that Tenji that's what Tenji is basically thinking about. Shiho. Um Well the only and you, another you, you thing de- can I, well uh-huh. uh, not to not to belabor the point, but the other other thing that kind of makes me hesitant also to think that she might be one hundred percent working for them. Is the fact mm-hmm. that she never attempted that in high school with Yuichi, or at least he doesn't mention it, because Yuichi is supposed to them is supposed to be known to be like the this poor student, right? That would that could possibly yeah. need a loan or some type of debt type situation, and 
it, it never happened, or like as far as we know, no other classmate of theirs. I mean, well, as, well, as far as we know, as far as we know, you played the Tomodachi game to get rid of your debt, not necessarily to get money though. So why should why would she have a well? I'm saying because he a point of going to it, get you Uchi. Well, I was saying like he could and he could constantly be like in get it trying to get money because of his because of a debt that he does have. So I was like, it's funny that they never like she. He never, she ne- might not have never approached him about like, oh, this game, talk to Tomodachi game. I hear if you play it, you get rid of your debt. <laughs> but one, uh, so that's one thing. But also another thing I think is interesting that could implicate her is the fact that her and, uh, what is his name? Shibe, Shibe. Uh, her and Shibe went missing before, uh, the the Tomodachi game uh the, before the, basically they got invited out to the yeah. Tomodachi game so there's stuff around this motherfucker <laughs> I'm just saying like I, I I need more uh things to be like your 100 yeah this is what's happening I, th- I, I got if you ask me I got enough <laughs> that's Take fair it to jail. that's fair <laughs> Take it to jail. that's fair that death um, is that death is a big one but I just need I feel like yeah. I just need a little bit some more some more I hear you. You, you I think you're being too lenient in my book that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. That's completely okay. You're <laughs> being a little too cautious in my in my butt. All the red flags are there. <laughs> They're there. Oh no, something's going on. I'm just like, is she 100 working for them yet? Mm, I don't done. know. <laughs> is she working for them? She don't know she's working for them. That's 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 the side of the fence. That made millions on. 100. And I think he crazy. He <laughs> crazy. Hey, this crazy. this show crazy. <laughs> but anyway, so after Tenji explains this crazy story to Yuichi, Yuichi decides, you know, take it in and think about it over the because they're stuck in this um prison cage for three days. So it was like, you know, well let me let me think about it over the next three days because Tenji asked him um to for, to basically to come along with Yuichi because he was like, You're gonna destroy the game, right? Let me you know, let me come with you. I wanna be a part of that and Tenji and Yuichi's like, you know, I'll think about it. Um three days pass up. And we finally head to the third game, which is a friendly game of hide and seek called Friendly Hide and Seek. Actually, and I will, enough, I'll also point out last episode, Ace was assuming that this was the last game. Period. And it is it's not. not. It's not. It is not. There's thankfully. at least another. We at least know that there's another one because they talk about game four. Game four. Yes. I was um, just. I was just. I was just about to say that. Yes, we got the confirmation today that there is a game four of the Tomodachi game, which but, is amazing. Yeah, but game so, three is hide and seek. Um, and we find out that it's played between two groups. So the reason that you cannot win if it was just by yourself is because you you need at least two you people. need at least two people to play. You at least need a hider and a seeker. Uh, so yeah. the basic rules of friendly hide and seek is each team elects one member as a hider. Uh, the hider is given one hour to select a spot to hide. After you select a spot, he is no longer allowed to move. Uh, rest of the team members are seekers. They are allowed to freely interact, even with the opposing seeker. And uh, the objective of the game is to find the opposing hider. Once that happens, uh, whichever one finds the the opposing hider first proceeds to the next to proceeds to the next Correct. game. Um, there are a little bit of finer details that they did explain, such as uh, there is an option where uh, you can betray your hider and switch teams. Uh, as well as there's a chance for uh, the hider to give up completely. Um, there are more things that you can find online, but I, they did not explain them in this episode, so we're not going to go too much into uh, 
a giving those out, but we do have them written down here, so we can go yeah. into it further. Um, but they like like you said, they did they didn't go into them in detail, but they did show them to us, and basically some of the, the can'ts you can't do. You, there's no violence, and you can't move the hider around. Those are two things that they said they can't do mm, in yeah. the Tomodachi in this on that Tomodachi game in, in game number three here. Um, they also did say some things you can do is you can um call somebody call. This is all they said. I'm assuming mean you can call somebody, and they said eating. You know, you can eat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the things that they said you um you can do. It was some it was some other stuff. I just don't have the list in front of me right now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like you said, th- we have some finer details, but because they didn't explain them in the episode, we're not gonna go too much into them in case they could be you no know, potential spoilers, spoilers yeah. and stuff for later on. So. Um, but yeah, so we know. Uh, so we get to meet our other group of players, which is called Group C. No, Group K. Our group is Group C. Tenji, uh, Tenji and Yuichi's Group C. Uh, group K has all five of their members, which means they were not disparaged by the first or second game at all, apparently. And um, there we meet their game master. I don't believe they gave a name for her mm, yeah i don't uh, think they did no oh so uh, and they basically come into where we see group c's one of group c's game masters to watch because she's like oh my groups are geniuses they'll pass this fine colors and ten and yuichi's game master is like oh bitch no <laughs> 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 not at not at all <laughs> she um and Basically, oh, we also find out within that little exchange that um, the establishment asked for the other, the smaller game master, the one with pink hair, the pink hair, yeah, yeah the pink hair, uh, to go and join Yuichi's group. Even and we find she, out, I guess she dyed her hair or something. For yeah, because she, she looks different. I forgot what I, I, I forget the accurate description, but hopefully you watch the episode. Um, <laughs> she, her, and we find out basically her name is Maria. Um, or there could be a. Um, a fake name. No, that could be a fake. That could be a fake. Well, I, I believe they called her Maria in the in the oh, game okay. well, you know what? Yes, So correct. that's why I was you're, like, you're I think this is a real yeah. name. Um, to so basically go. I just can't. Manabu gave a name. I just can't remember if they call if she, if she, if she was uh, also Maria. Maria or not. Uh, yeah, but this is the name that the game master said to her. So in case there's a difference, I do remember that. Um, so now Yuichi has two people to play hide and seek with, but thing is, Maria is most likely a traitor because she works for the establishment. So. Uh, that's when, that's basically where Tenji, uh, at the end of the episode, Tenji, Yuichi, and Maria, uh, well, no, Tenji and Yuichi discuss, and Tenji decides he should be the hider, and Yuichi should be, Yuichi and Maria should be the seeker, as to not give Maria the chance to give up, basically, uh, because they're still gonna try and win. Um, and right before the episode ends, we get a member of Group K, I- don't think he gave his name. If he did, I apologize because I do not remember. No, he did it. Um, I don't think he it did. He basically boldly says, you guys are going to lose because I'm going to be the hider and I'm not going to move. You you won't find me for shit and you're I'm not going to move for shit, basically. Um, and he fully had, and he's like, I fully have faith in my friends. Um, yeah. This is interesting because I'm wondering, will we get to find out anything more about this group, such as like why they're playing and how they have remained to be Thickest thieves through the whole thing, yeah. um, because that uh, like it 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 seems very interesting because they're like because uh, the whole time while Tenji and his friends were playing, we hear the game master talking about like very few people survived the first game and even less people survived the second. So I'm just like, who the fuck are these eighteen? Uh, <laughs> who the hell are these eighteen motherfuckers? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. 
hundred percent. Um, like they, they, another interesting thing is we we what we was correct about another theory because we theorized earlier during this this um when this series was airing that we possibly can get introduced to some other groups because when we when we first found out yeah, that I our just, group was called Group C. Yeah, I was just wrong that uh that it was the rest of the school. I which I wasn't really holding water on that either. Like I wasn't expecting, but I was like it could be potentially that it, only because like money. <laughs> But the yeah. moment I found out that it could be, you could technically play this game for any debt, I was like, okay, well, it's probably not that bad. Yeah. So and so, um, we was right about that. So I guess you know, my first little question here is, what what do you think of Group K, if you will? I it's don't all, know all dudes. I don't know any of their names. They might as well be BTS, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, they look like a boy band too. So I, one hundred percent on it. For right now, they are BTS. Uh, I don't know if you want to. That's what you're gonna do. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you want to like edit their symbol into the episode when I'm talking about it. But I got. <laughs> I, 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 the time is stamped, just in case. Um, <laughs> they have been dubbed BCS <laughs> for right now. Uh, but uh, they're interesting. I'm waiting. Uh, they. The fact that the only, really, the only thing that makes them interesting to me is the fact that they survived both two games without seemingly an incident. The way, because yeah. the way their handler or their game master talks about them is like they're the fucking cream of the crop, like the the <laughs> the, the, the Juan Dons of the Tomodachi the Juan game. Dons, if you will. And, yeah. and then an, another thing that her game, that Gary Master also mentioned is that one of her her group also has a genius in their group as well. Yeah, um, one from genius. The, from the quick view that we got of this um, group, the BTS group, if you will, who do you think the genius is? I have two assumptions. It's okay. either big dude who approached them. That was my assumption. Um, or glasses person, the glasses guy they had in the group. And I the reason, don't think it's the glasses person because I think that's how they you know they try to use you know the the trope of you know. Well, the that's the reason. Well, that's the reason. The people. That's the reason I think it's that because I feel like Tomodachi has been like glasses people are a evil or be geniuses and that's like how the that's how the anime world runs and, and that's <laughs> the only reason why i'm not assuming him because i was like i don't think tomodachi game is gonna go for that stereotype for this for this time so i don't think it's i don't think I, it's him I, I just for me i'm just like if all if all bets are off it's either the guy who's hiding or the guy who's <laughs> like that um so, did you have another one besides the uh, big dude? Oh, or? No, really, it was the guy who was hiding. Like I said, I don't think it's the guy with the glasses. Out of the out of the other people, I don't. I can't really remember none of them the faces were, right now. None of them were standing. They out. didn't really. Yeah, they didn't really was, stand out. There was so a I'm guy. Sure. There was a guy that reminded me of Shibe, who was like, "Oh, y'all got no girls on your team," and I was like, "What perverted ass shit? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing?" <laughs> Yeah, so I, I remember that guy, and then there was another guy who seemed like he was just angry at the world, almost like a Bakugo type dude situation got going on. I'll be surprised. Which can if also, genius. well, the only thing is sometimes those are the geniuses people too because they're just like I'm. I I hate everything because I see the fault in everything, and I'm just like, all right, cool, <laughs> I guess. So, hey, incomplete potential. I'm I'm only doing the glasses trope because they've been doing one glasses trope, so I feel like they're gonna flip it and be like, here's the other one. <laughs> yeah, here's the other one. Yeah, I just don't think they're gonna. Me, me, in my opinion, I don't think they're gonna be. They're gonna flip. It. I could be completely wrong, but I just don't think they're gonna go that route. Um, hey, so, but it, I'm looking forward to the mind games because now we have a totally another group who supposedly See. have a a genius level person. So. See, and then my last question that I have for you, McMillian, Late is how me. do you think Maria will impact the outcome of Game Three here? She's either going to be a huge hindrance or a huge boon. And I feel like, and I only said because Maria in the Game Master room seemed like an airhead. Slightly. Slightly. She seemed like a trainee, to be quite honest, because she 
uh, it seemed like that she was kind of, yeah, yeah, because she was studying under the girl with the black hair. It seemed that's what it seemed like to me at least. But the thing is, I also think because she, if she's a well versed one or at least someone who works within the establishment, she might know the ins and outs of the area map, and Yuichi could fool her into basically helping him without realizing that she's helping him. So that yeah. could be the huge boon, and the huge like detriment could be the fact that she she might just refuse to cooperate with them and because she knows Yuichi's trying to you know uh take out the establishment and that's like her paycheck or okay. whatever so all right i feel you on that and then actually no i do have one more question that it just came to my mind um as you all know as you know the rules always play a big part in the tomodachi game in any of the games so my question is out of out of all the rules for game three, are there any of them that just stand out to you that you think that might come back and play a, a role later on? So, calling, I think, might be one. I think calling okay. might be a thing. And maybe eating. Now, granted, I can't get into deeper why because some of these details have not been explained in the show yet. But I'm just going off of the fact that I read the finer details. Mm-hmm. Um, one other one I think that might be huge is the give up one. Um... I don't know exactly how you can loophole it, but last time I didn't know how you could loophole the booth or how he was doing it exactly. And the yeah. fact that he did just makes me think, oh, this might be something. Yeah. Um, I think. Oh, another be another one. Uh-huh. Might, another one might be the violence rule. Because and the only reason I say that is the last time in the last game they were like no lying, but they couldn't prove a lie. Unless they already knew it prior to yeah. when it was told. So, unless they got cameras all over this motherfucker, how can you prove that someone hit you, I guess? Yeah. So. Um, the rules for me that stand out is the the switching rule, where you know how the secrets can decide to you know switch sides if they want to. That rule, and for some reason, I don't know why, but the fact that the hider can't move around rule, something about that rule just um, just sticks out to me as well. Mm. Well, so now, it's, now, it's them it's them two for me now that, i mean that's a good one the the switching rule is interesting and the other reason i'm not sure well i i didn't use switch is only because how they never explicitly say how many times you can switch and the exactly. intervals the intervals exactly. of switching yes. uh if they explained that maybe a little bit more i probably would have been like okay that's a thing but well, but that could be a thing, you know. If if they don't define how many times you can switch, maybe there's not that, a set number. Yeah, I mean, of how that, many times you that can could switch. be that could be possible because you know, like they said, it's in the rules. They said you can switch sides, but they never said you can only switch sides once. You know what I mean? But so, the question, but I, mean, I guess the question is like, is there a cooldown on switches? Like you know, correct. That, well, that, I yeah. feel like that could play a part if there's not a number. So yeah, and then also I mean, that's the definitely one to look out for. Is, they mentioned that if you switch sides, but you're, the team. That you switch sides to lose, you basically you uh, you take an average amount of debt of the losing team, and then you go back to your, the, your original team and continue on to the next game, which was that also is true. like I said that which also said why well, I said that rule also kind of just sticks out to me as well. I mean that uh that no I mean that's a good point that's a good point because that could also be played in the factor. I just was like I don't know maybe it's because I just don't know too much about the betray rule yet that I'm like yeah, mm. but that is one to watch out for as well. I think maybe those four are pretty like big um okay yeah uh with that i think we go into our dislikes uh as usual i really don't have anything um it's this is a good episode (laughs) i I don't have anything either um 
really I got, I got some answers to my questions that I was left from episode six. Mm-hmm. Figured out that a few of our theories was correct this episode, with my one major theory being that um Tenji, not Ten yeah, Tenji having some type of what well, he was saying that he wanted to get his revenge on Shiho because she did something to him in some some type of way, and we never knew what the hell that was. That because that, that was the main reason why I said that. Is no way Tenji could be like you know in love with Yuichi and all that because of the, because of that one main fact that he was, kept stressing that no, he I was mean, trying to get his revenge. I, I and I agree. I just was like, there's a small percent chance, very small, because he was specifically. No, I, and, and like I said, I agree with you on that as well. There was a small percent chance, but like I said, you know, we got a confirmation. Yeah, you got the confirmation that that was not the case. He, he only, like he said, he only did that so he could come along with him into the next game. Yeah, um, um, which is um interesting. And then on top of that. Just like I said, this really it was a good like maybe it was just it was a good ass episode. Yeah. And then now we have the game messes starting to interfere with the games themselves. So it's 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 gonna it's, be a crazy it's time. It's up. It's up. It's gonna be a crazy time. Yeah, I'm wondering moving forward now, will there be uh if every game from this point is it gonna be like a group thing or Will we go this, back? This is gonna be a good question. Will we go back to singular groups or like? Will like, they, do you think like every game from now on is gonna be basically against another group that passed? Or like, like, you know, the like how, previous Or game. I guess maybe like since what well, we got two games of your group and then one and then one game of two groups together. I'm wondering like how like will there be another one after this? How many more? How many more switch? like multi group games? And, yeah, will there be? like like I'm wondering will there be an interval of switches? We'll just have to we'll probably have to wait and see on that because. Yeah. The fact that there are now two groups, which mean, means that this uh, this game will probably drag on a little bit longer than the Didn't last expect one. It. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I'm very interested to see this interaction between <laughs> Genius and Monster. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. Um, with that being said, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, moving on to our favorite scenes, and I only had one, and is directly to that which you just mentioned. Um, the two game masters, um, our our group's game master and the group K slash BTS game master, they're making a bet with each other, basically about who group will win. And the BTS group master, she's like, "Oh, I got I got a genius in my group. I, my my group's gonna win." Then you just see our group's game master. She looks, but can that genius deal with a monster, monster though? And said, I was like, "Oh, she shit. said like, that a, a, a genius cannot kill a monster." And I was like, "Hey." Yo, what the f- all right, yo. I was like, damn, so you rooting for it? You witchy now? Look at you. I, I, I don't know if it was rooting or just like, hey, you best be careful, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> she was uh, like, hey, you, are you sure you want to make this bet? Like, hey, like, are, I'm trying to give you a chance to back out of this shit now. <laughs> I know something you don't know. Uh, like, so. even, even though I don't want him to prevail. I'm pretty sure he probably gonna prevail in this <laughs> situation. Yeah, so, so that that was also one of my favorite scenes because, as you say, it was just like the way, even like the uh, attention to just the detail and like how they framed the scene was really good. Yes, especially um, like just her our game master's facial expression, the way she looked at the other um, BTS's game master, just like, are you sure about that? <laughs> like, yeah. So that is, was he is a monster. That was definitely a standout moment. My other favorites. Uh, so I only had one other favorite scene besides that one. And it was uh, Shiho, uh, the flashback of Shiho questioning Tenji. Because that was such a drastic, in my opinion, that moment, the way Shiho's been portrayed throughout, like, the show is Mm -hmm. just, like, kind and caring and stuff like that, not, like, too pushy. So that moment, I was like, oh, there's a side. Just like with, like, uh, Yutori, how we got to see her, like, 
little psyche break thing where he's like, oh, damn, you just get all the guys, right? Like, that was like that type of moment. So I was like, this is yeah. just something. I'm like, this is a thing I will keep in my head until we know what the fuck and is going on. And you know what? And I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of the stuff you're talking about, some it was hearsay and whatnot, but then we get, we get this, she do the crazy bitch face to Tenchi. And, and you don't think that was that weird? And Yutori did the crazy bitch face to Shiho, and Yutori was still a crybaby. So, again, like I said, perception of character matters in the show. That's that's one reason why I brought that up in the first but place. But, I mean, who who knows? Yutori could be a crazy bitch, though. She could like, be. We don't know that. Yutori, could, know Yutori that. could be the Tomodachi <laughs> game hit. Who knows? <laughs> she who could re- be public enemy number one who for really all knows? knows. Who really knows? We know she made dad is a uh, is a is a mobster, is some type of mobster politician. Maybe he's funding the Tomodachi game. <laughs> Shit, like who? Oh, who's not? Who's not related to it? That's the question. Who's, today. Not, who's, who's not related to the Tomodachi <laughs> game? That's what we need to find out first. <laughs> who's not related to who, this? Who I'm done. <laughs> Oh man, but no, th- this was a good episode. And before I keep on rambling on, um, let's move on to our episode rating now. And it is at least an eight for me because it, this was just so much good exposition now. And we got the introduction of a new group, and the fucking game masters are now starting to interfere with the game, which means that they're now getting serious. Like the Tomodachi game management is starting to get serious with you, which is to the fact that they had to send somebody into the game now and to be like, Hey, we, we, we've been had our ass on this motherfucker, but now we got to do something about him. Go in and make sure he don't win this next game. Basically. Yes. You know, exactly. Uh, I don't disagree. I same thing. Um, the, while it was exposition heavy, it was the way it was framed and portrayed was good. It gave us a lot to think, us as an audience, a lot to think about and infer and like, you know, figure out, such as me and Ace's whole argument over the Shiho deal. Uh, as well as the fact that game masters are now getting, you know, forced into the situation because Yuichi's declaration. And it just what makes you wonder, like, what's the future for, like, the series from this point of, like, if Yuichi, if they, if if Maria stays on their team, like if they win this game and stays on the team, what will that look like in terms of like what she'll have to do and how that aspect will all play together? So, question. We're, the you know another thing that we didn't discuss this episode as well. Um, the rest of the friend group, you know, they're gone. They're done with the Tomodachi game now. So, what what are they doing on the outside? And if anything they do on the outside, will it have impact I'm not on the story later on? Sure. That is a good question. Uh, do I feel like that? I don't think so. Fully. Except maybe Shiho. Um, uh, Yutori and Shibe seemed very conflicted on, like, if they even wanted to be friends with Yuichi, and they yeah. seem very much decided so that they're not going to be friends with Tenji. Because I'm just saying, because, you know, you, so, they just went through this tra- traumatic experience, and at least the uh, one person that I think might have some type of impact on the outside is um, Shibe, because, you know, he found out that stuff about his dad, so, you know, he that, could I mean, confront his dad about but, that. Well, that, I don't know if that'll fully... That, it'll be interesting to see if that does have an effect on the game, or, like, more about the story, but all I'll say is this is, like, I don't think anybody... Is trying to rush back into the game for oh, Yuichi no, or Tenji's sake. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. That. Uh, so I, that's why I'm like, I don't think necessarily that those two will have that much of an impact on the story moving forward. But the fact that there is intrigue on Shiho makes me think that well, that's not the last time we're gonna. That's not the last time we're gonna see her uh, specifically. But the other two, they, they, that might be it for them personally. Well, I don't think. Well, I think we're gonna see them again as well because you know Yuichi made Tenji promise to go apologize to them. 
So we're gonna get to see them again. I mean, that sounds like that's gonna happen after the series. And Maybe. Yeah, it could be something like that. I don't know what the fuck gonna happen by the end of this series. Considering the fact that episode one was Yuichi standing on a building in the future laughing because he had, like, cash raining down. And also, I found out, I, I just, just out of curiosity, I looked up the manga. The manga's not even done. It's still going. Oh, the manga's not even done? Nope. It, uh, oh, that's good it's, news. It's, it's that's been good take, news. It, uh, it's been on a couple of hiatuses, but mm. uh, it's not done. The last hiatus it went on was because the author... Uh, got pregnant and had to have her kid. But okay. it's off a hiatus well, you know, right now. So, Well, you know, that's good news then because that means the story is still developing and it also means there's going to be a potential for a season two, which is great because yeah, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving this series was, right now. I think it was in the hundreds of chapters. And also I found out that the creator of this or at least the artist that works on this also worked on a manga that I've read called, that I'm reading called Dead Tube. And that shit is crazy. Um, So... It, if anything, Tomodachi may get more insane as we go forward. So I'm looking forward to that too. Okay. Um, well, no, that, that's that's definitely some good news there. I'm de- now now that you told me that I'm definitely looking forward to a season two of the Tomodachi. Game. Yeah, I ho- yeah. Hopefully we get it. I am thoroughly enjoying this. Um, with all that said, uh, do you have anything else to talk about? Or do you want me to go? Ahead? Um, yeah. So this is the end of our Tomodachi Games episode seven review. Once again, just like the other animes, let us know down below in the comments what do you think of this episode and how do you feel about the Tomodachi game in general as a series. Because me and McMillan said this many times before, but definitely Tomodachi game is flying under the radar under the radar right now for the spring season due to the big goliath that is my family right now but hopefully you know once the spring season is over with um more people you know people start to watch other stuff they start and find tomodachi game tomodachi game and you know it gets more respect that it deserves because it is honestly it's a really good series right now so um yeah so like i said you know just let us know let us know what you guys think in the comments and that is all that i have so if you have nothing else um mcmillan you go ahead and take us on out of here all right, guys, like always, appreciate you for watching and slash listening. Um, yeah, please do let us know what you're thinking of these MAs and especially any theories you have for Tomodachi. I, I would enjoy hearing or seeing your guys' takes. Please, no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for all you manga readers out there. For all the manga readers out there, because I'm not reading this one, uh, and I probably won't unless the series is canceled. So, um, with all that said, if you want to keep up, with us and all things about the council, uh, please do sh- be sure to follow us on our social medias, and that's Gurn, uh, at Gurn Otaku Councils on Instagram and Facebook, and at Gurn Otakus on Twitter. Uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, love you and appreciate you for watching. Uh, this is the Gurn Otaku Council signing off. Saying meeting adjourned. Peace.